There are three things that I can say right now that I love about Northside. There's probably a million, but I'll give you three. One, when they sang that song, I, I think I could think through this room, and if we asked you to walk across the stage and, stage and say something that God has answered prayers for, I truly believe you could come up here and just the testimony of the church today would be incredible of all of the prayers that God has answered because you were so faithful to be a people of prayer, and I am so, so grateful for that. Uh, second, I'm very grateful that when Brother Nick said, uh, Brother Corey is preaching today, you didn't exit the room. Uh, so you're a gracious and kind church, and I appreciate that as well. And uh, third, you probably thought, he's getting back up there. Are we having second announcements today? No, we're not. Uh, a little promotion from Pastor over announcements this morning, but maybe a little bit of a demotion for you. Uh, I even joked with Nick in my office this week that today we're going to talk about fasting. And uh, fasting is part of our prayer series. And fasting fits in so well uh, with our prayer series because prayer is essentially recognizing our dependence upon God. We're entering into a time where we're going to ask the creator of the universe uh, to answer different prayers that we might have, to recognize who he is. And we spend that time in prayer recognizing our dependency upon God. And fasting is a discipline that helps us ex uh, properly express that dependency upon God, both to God and a reminder for ourselves in that moment of fasting. You know, I found it interesting that fasting is mentioned in Scripture as much as baptism, but yet how frequently, frequently do we speak of fasting in the church today? Uh, we don't talk about it often. Uh, in preparation for today, uh, I read this story, and it was a, a story about two lumberjacks. There's an older lumberjack and a younger lumberjack, so there's kind of a mentor-mentee type situation. And the younger lumberjack, the mentee, thought to himself, you know, I think I've arrived. I think I've got this figured out. So I've got, I've got the skill, I've got the form, I've built up the strength. And he challenges the older lumberjack, the mentor, uh, to, to kind of a race the next day. So from sunup to sundown, we're gonna see how many trees we can each chop down. Mentor, the older lumberjack, thought, I got it in me still, let's do it. So the next morning they wake up, sun starts coming over the horizon, and they both just start going, both lumberjacks. And it's going tree for tree, one for one, the whole time. After about an hour and a half, two hours, this is just going on, one for one, the older lumberjack pauses and goes off to the side. And the younger lumberjack thinks to himself, now's my moment. Youthfulness, strength, stamina, it's all gonna play in here. I'm gonna keep working through this break. So he keeps going and he just keeps on knocking down trees. The older lumberjack gets back in and he's cutting down his trees. And this same pattern repeats throughout the day. Every hour and a half, two hours, that older lumberjack would stop, go off to the side, and after a little bit, he'd come back in. Well, towards the end of the day, the sun's starting to fall. The younger lumberjack realizes he's catching up. As the sun starts to set, the younger lumberjack realizes there's more trees on the other side. And he gets mad, he throws his ax down, and he's, how is that possible? I worked through every break, you were sitting off over there, you needed a time to stop, and I just kept on going. And we were going one for one, how is that possible? And the older lumberjack looked at him and said, while you thought I was taking a break, I was over there sharpening my ax. Fasting can very much have that same effect 
on our prayer life as did sharpening the ax for that lumberjack. It hones our focus and reminds us of our complete dependency upon the Lord. Today, as we talk about fasting, I, I hope it's an opportunity for you to evaluate how you have approached prayer. I know Pastor David has in so many ways challenged us uh, to, get, uh, to get involved in prayer in our daily lives, to find a place and a time to pray. And if I had to guess, there's just like you, I do at times, there's moments when we go, okay, I need to get this done. And so you go and you set that time away and we almost walk away with, I got to check that box. Or maybe you've, been, you've known the Lord for decades in your relationship with him and you're going, you know, lately it's felt more like checking a box than it has intimate time with the Father. And I hope today you get to evaluate your prayer life as we talk through fasting. And maybe this can be a way that God uses fasting uh, to bring you back into the Father and, and, and develop that discipline. Fasting is used in many ways this day. Um, in today's culture, you, y'all have probably heard of weight loss fasting. I know several people have done it. You just avoid food for a cer- certain period of time, and then you get to eat during this time. I don't know about y'all, that is not going to work for me. Um, one, I'm going to eat like there's no tomorrow if you only give me a short window to eat in. But it, some people have great success with it. Others have said, no, that did not work for me. That's okay. That's a type of fasting. We have medical fasting today. Medical fasting is real common. It's the idea that we're going to rid our body of all of the toxins. So we're not going to bring anything in and we're going to let our body just get rid of all of those toxins for a period of time. And there's some incredible parallels to spiritual biblical fasting in that as well. That in biblical fasting, it's the idea that we're going to get rid of the toxins in our life, the things that of the world that have entered into our lives that we don't need. And then we're going to remind ourselves of what we truly do need. And that's spiritual fasting. My meager way of defining a biblical fast, putting aside a worldly desire. Now, typically in scripture, it's food, but we put aside a worldly desire to move our attention to the things above with a goal of dependency upon God. Now, I've got some quick statements that I would love to share with you about fasting. Uh, This past week or the last few weeks even, um, when David had asked me if I would speak on fasting this morning as part of our prayer series, I began to ask some folks, people that I trusted, and said, hey, have you fasted? Was there a time when you've you've used that discipline in your life? What do you think of fasting? What questions do you have about fasting? And that brought some interesting conversation in. And I just wanted to kind of go through and maybe answer some of those questions. Maybe questions that you have as a church that you said, I didn't know that about fasting. Um, For example, one of the things that was discussed in these conversations was, is fasting an Old Testament practice? And does it carry through into the New Testament? And fasting is absolutely included in the law of Moses. We only find it one time in the law. It was practiced on the Day of Atonement. Every verse I go through, by the way, will be in the church app. You can just click on Sunday, click on Sermon Notes, and those verses will be there. Uh, But fasting was included in the law of Moses. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 29 through 31, says this, This is to be a permanent statue for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you are to practice self-denial. And do not work, both the native and the alien who who reside among you. Atonement will be made for you on this day to cleanse you, and you will be clean from all of your sins before the Lord. It is a Sabbath of complete rest for you, and you must practice self-denial. It is a permanent statute. 
You know, in this time of self-denial, they were also, they were to fast and they were to rest from work. And I'll just be honest, kind of a side note here. I read that passage and man, it just hit me. And I wonder if that doesn't fall the same way for you that they were to rest from their work. And I was like, man, that sounds kind of nice sometimes. You know, hey, I wanna take a rest from work. But what was really happening here is God was reminding them of their dependence upon him. He was saying, hey, you are leaning into self-sufficiency. I want you to take a time away where you, get, where you recognize that everything you have, everything that you are, every gift and ability that is yours comes from the Lord. And as I was thinking through that, God really just lays on my heart and said, well, Corey, how many times have you found your value, your worth, in your abilities, in what you can do? And so for the Israelites, there was to be a time when not only were they fasting, but it was that self-denial, that, that time when they would even rest from work. And I, I hope as we talk through fasting and you recognize, hey, there are some things in my life that maybe I'm putting more value in than my relationship with the Lord. Multiple other times, fasting's mentioned in the Old Testament as well. Not that long ago, David preached through the book of Esther. And you'll recall in that narrative of Esther, uh, when the Jewish people were facing annihilation, Esther called for fasting. She tells Mordecai in Esther 4.16, go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king, even if it is against the law. If I perish, I perish. And I love that because it's a reminder that fasting was not some, hey, if we do this, it's a guarantee. Esther knew there was still risk involved, but she wanted everybody to seek the Lord and seek his will. And then she said, whatever God has, whatever in his sovereign will is before me, I will accept that because I have done what I need to in seeking the Lord and have asked others to do the same. The New Testament speaks of fasting as well. Jesus himself fasted. We find in Matthew chapter four, you'll be reminded of the story when Jesus was led up into the, uh, led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days, the passage says, and 40 nights, and it says he was hungry. I don't know if that's not an incredible understatement. 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Jesus said that we would fast. He is speaking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees had said to him in Luke chapter five, verse 33, they said, John's disciples fast often. They say prayers and those of the Pharisees do the same, but yours, they eat and drink. And Jesus replied to them, you can't make the wedding guest fast while the groom is with them, can you? But the time will come when the groom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. Jesus himself said, he fasted. He said, others will fast past me. And then he gave direction for fasting. We see in Matthew chapter six, verse 16 and 17, he said, whenever you do fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites for they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your face and wash your face. It was a reminder from Christ that they weren't to go and say, look at me, look what I'm doing in my spiritual life, in my, this spiritual act that I'm offering up. He said, no, if you're gonna be that way, your reward is there. Your reward is amongst the people. They'll recognize you're doing something. But if you wanna truly fast, if you wanna do it before the Lord, 
then you won't try to earn your reward through the recognition of others. In my conversation with folks, I sometimes feel like we land on that verse and we go, well, man, I'm afraid somebody will find out. Man, what if, what if somebody finds out that I'm fasting? And we're gonna address that here in a few minutes. But the New Testament early church, they practiced fasting as well. We go into Acts 13. It says in the church of Antioch, as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. There are various kinds of fasts presented in Scripture. Uh, I've just got three types for you today. You've got a normal fast, and that's what we typically think of as a fast. We think of we're going to deny ourselves from food for a period of time, but we'll still drink water. That's your typical normal fast. You'll also find a partial fast in Scripture. This is the kind of fast that uh, we, remind, we remind ourselves in the book of Daniel. Daniel, uh, he only ate vegetables and drank water. That would be a partial fast. And then you have the absolute fast. The absolute fast is what we just read in Esther when you are to deny yourself of food and water. As with anything, a person ought to make sure that, hey, I'm in proper health before I go into a fast, before considering what kind of fast, before considering what length of a fast that God might call you to. So the question came up, can fasting be something other than food? Well, absolutely it can. The principle of fasting is typical in scripture of food, but the idea is sacrificing our personal needs and desires to humble ourselves before the Lord and be reminded of our dependency upon him. If you've ever been in my office, you'll notice uh, my wedding pictures. And so many people comment and that their comment is always, oh my goodness, Corey, you were a tiny human. I was 118 pounds when I got married. Um, I did everything in the world I could to gain weight. And, and no, don't feel sorry for me. I was really okay. It was not a horrible time in my life. Uh, I don't have that problem today. Um, everybody that tells you when you turn 30, 40, 50, they were right. You, it doesn't last forever. That hummingbird me me metabolism will eventually go away. But I could not fast in those days, not from a food fast. Um, four to six hours and I would pass out. My blood sugar would drop. So there are other things that you can fast from. But the idea is that we fast from something of significance, something of daily value, that we spend time focused on the Lord, being reminded of our dependency upon him. Not everybody can fast from food, and that's, that's okay. It doesn't have to be that. Another discussion question that came up in conversation was, is it okay to fast as a group? And then that other question, is it okay to tell somebody else that I'm fasting? There are two types of fast, and there's a group fast, there's a congregational fast, a community fast. Um, we saw that Esther was calling the community to fast, it's completely appropriate. A modern day example of that might be uh, Bill Lee actually asked the state of Tennessee this past week. He said, will you join me and my wife in a day of fasting and prayer? That's absolutely acceptable. And then there are private fasts, which is probably what you thought of when I said, we're gonna talk about fasting this morning. And that private fast is to be by ourselves. Uh, both types, beneficial. Both types serve a purpose, and we find both types in the Old Testament and 
the New Testament. And it is okay to tell somebody else that you're fasting. But the idea is that you're not boastful in it. For example, you might choose to fast from a meal this week. And you may need to tell your spouse and your family, if I sit at the dinner table with you, I'm not going to be eating. And that's a good idea to give a heads up there. That's just a respect thing. Um, or you may, your kids may be going, why aren't you eating today? Well, you don't want to have to be boastful in that moment. It's a great time of teaching and discussion in that moment. So there may be people that you have to say, hey, I'm going to be fasting today. You may go to work and have to give somebody a heads up, hey, I'm actually not going to be eating today. And that may be all you need to say, but it, it is okay to tell somebody in respect. The idea is that we don't go around being boastful in it. Woe is me. I didn't eat today. You guys get the concept and get the idea. So why should we consider fasting? You know, our hearts are not constantly turned towards our Savior, are they? We sit in the room, we, sit, we, we worship in here, we hear from His Word, and then Monday comes, Tuesday comes, Wednesday, Thursday, the busyness of life, the bills come in the mail, car accidents happen, life happens, kid activities happen. Why should we consider a fast? Our hearts are not constantly turned towards our Savior. Fasting, when done with purpose, it brings our hearts and our lives back in line with the Father. It brings a heart that is so easily entangled and a heart that desires to be self-sufficient into a humble, submissive state of complete dependency upon God. I'd love to just focus in on a passage this morning and talk about the purpose of fasting, of why we fast. If you'll turn your Bibles to Isaiah 58, we're going to go through verse 1 through 11, and I'll go through those pretty quick. Um, it's also in the church app as well if you want to turn there. But Isaiah chapter 58, 1 through 11. And God through Isaiah says, Cry out loudly. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways like a nation that does what is right and does not abandon the justice of their God. They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight in the nearness of God. All of that and the people respond, Why have we fasted? But you have not seen. We have denied ourselves, but you haven't noticed. And God responds, Look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all of your workers. You fast with contention and strife to strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on high. Will the fast I choose be like this? A day for a person to deny himself and to bow his head like a reed and to spread out sackcloth and ashes. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast I choose? To break the chains of wickedness to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him, and not to ignore your own flesh and blood? Then your light will appear like the dawn, and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. At that time... When you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you, 
the finger pointing and malicious speaking. And if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will be like noonday. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden and like a spring whose water never runs dry. In verse one through two, we see the people of God. They were going through the motions. On the outside, they had the appearance of seeking the Lord. To other nations, it appeared that they were seeking out uh, the Lord's justice. But going through the motions didn't cut it. The people desired to know God, but they were missing him. In verse three, why have we fasted? But you have not seen. Speaking to God, we have denied ourselves, but you haven't noticed. And God says, look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all of your workers. The people of God had created religious routine. They had the right answers, yet God was not listening. They fasted, they denied themselves, but do you hear the pride in that? Look at what we did. Look at what we're doing. We have done all of this for you. But our own spiritual performances, they don't gain us favor before the Lord. Psalm 51, verse 16 through 17. You do not want a sacrifice or I would give it. You are not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken spirit and humbled heart, God. They were so proud of their sacrifice, and yet the response of God said this, you do as you please, you're oppressing others. You know, fasting in and of itself does not conjure up some spiritual enlightenment. Fasting must have purpose, and it needs to be in line with the rest of our lives. That doesn't mean we have to live a perfect life before we can fast. But our fasting ought to include repentance and asking for forgiveness. The people of God wanted to know God, but their lives didn't match up with with knowing Him and allowing Him to live through them. When we read these verses, we ought to be asking ourselves that question we ask so often and we so need reminded of. Is my life splintered off? Are there areas of my life where God's here but not over here? Does my Sunday life look different than my Monday life? Does my work life look different than my home life? Does my home life look different than my church life? Not striving for an outward perfection, but are we truly transformed by the grace of God inside of us? And then that is displayed through the rest of our lives. Verse five, will the fast I choose be like this? A day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed, to spread out sackcloth and ashes. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? They were doing all of the right things on the outside. All outward appearances looked as if, man, these people are doing it right. But God was telling them, no, it's simply an outward appearance. And I had to pause and and think through God, are there things in my life that you reject that are not pleasing to you? It looks like it on the outside. I I work at church. When I work, I'm in this building. But yet I had to wonder, are there times when God goes, you didn't do that for me? Do we do things for outward appearance? Fasting must be done with purpose. 
or without purpose, we're simply just denying ourselves and enduring suffering for a period of time. In these verses, we find the types of purpose that God says, hey, this is why you fast. This is why I ask you to set a time aside to, to be reminded of your dependency upon me. And I wanna walk through that to you, with you today. I wanna give you some purpose in fasting, some reasons you might find, you know what? This might be a discipline I need to participate in. We can fast to focus on prayer for other people. In verse six, he said, isn't this the fast I choose? To break the chains of wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to tear off every yoke. This is when God is telling them, this is how I desire your lives to look. This is the kind of fast I want you involved in. And the kind of purpose here was that we would intercede for other people, that we would pray that God would move in the lives of others, especially to meet a need or to meet something that we cannot do on ourselves, that we would approach the, the throne of God and say, God, I need you to do something that only you can do. Praying for a mighty act of God on behalf of others is an incredible purpose of fasting. But fasting can also involve us meeting the needs of others. Fasting can be done that God might use us to meet someone else's need. We might fast and ask God, God, what have you provided for me that you want to use to give to other people? Verse seven, he said, is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him, and not to ignore your own flesh and blood. We pray and we fast and we ask God, we seek God and go, God, what are you doing in my life that I might be able to meet the needs of others? Fasting with the intention that God will work in and through us, that we can be his servant. We can also fast for the purpose of repentance. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, you know, Corey, this sounds great, but my spiritual life is not in a place where I can or should be fasting. Corey, I'm, I'm running dry right now. I don't know the Lord in the way that you're talking about. And friend, it might just be the right thing that you need to take a time to fast. We can fast for the purpose of repentance a time set aside to focus on the Lord, to seek his face, to ask God, God, will you soften my heart? Will you forgive my sins? Will you allow God to be the light to shine through you? Maybe you wanna be a light in your community. Maybe you're really saying, hey, I'm not the light I should be in my workplace. Maybe you're saying, I'm not the light I should be in my family. And this might be the exact opportunity. It's an incredible purpose of fasting is that we would fast for repentance, throwing off that religious cloak and putting on the righteousness of Christ. Isaiah 58, eight, then your light will appear like the dawn and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. My friend, if that's you, if you're, you're in a dry spiritual place, let that be an encouragement to you. If you're not being the light that you desire to be in those places, read that verse. Your light will appear like the dawn, and I love this, your recovery will come quickly. 
God will come to your aid quickly. That dry well will be filled quickly. He said, your righteousness will go before you, the Lord's righteousness, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. And he will help you. He will walk with you, and he will guard that in your life. We might also fast for the purpose of seeking guidance from the Lord. Most often for me personally, um, this is the second um, most common fast for me. I've fasted for others when they're in, in deep despair, going through difficulties, um, fasting for a purpose of seeking guidance from the Lord. There are times in our lives when we're just, we're just unsure. We're unsure of the decisions that have to be made. Maybe we're going through difficulties. Maybe you're asking, God, I don't know what direction you're taking my life. Maybe you're seeking guidance on all the things that we consider big in our lives, the, the majors, family decisions, moving, career decisions, schooling, marriage. Listen to verse 9 through 11. And listen to what God does when fasting is done with the right heart, with the right purpose. At that time, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, hear I am. When you're in those moments, when you're looking for guidance, when you're trying to make a decision that you just don't know what to do, are there no sweeter words than to hear the Father go, here I am. I am with you. I am guiding you. I am carrying you through this. It goes on to say, if you get rid of the yoke among you, the finger pointing, and malicious speaking. Boy, does that not speak to culture today? If you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will be like noonday. Oh, to have the darkness in this world to be like noonday. And I want to point out, it says, if you get rid of these things, but don't put that first. Don't go, I got to get rid of all of the bad things in my life and then I'll fast with that purpose. No, 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 no. My friend, seek the Lord. Acknowledge your dependence upon Him. And when His grace pours through you, then those things in your life start to go away. When He starts bringing you to a place of prayer, when you are praying for others, your concern and your need for others is so big, then God starts to take all of those things out of your life. Fasting can also be done for our personal needs. In those verses, notice how God showed them that he would meet their needs. It says, the Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land, and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never runs dry. Let me remind you, church, it's that one that we're always given there's needs versus wants, right? He didn't say he was going to give us our every desire. But he did say, I am faithful. I care for you. I will meet your needs. That challenge in these verses, we must know the Lord so that we can put aside the world. Verse 9, that get rid of the yoke. The idea here for the people of God was that they were to treat people better. We must get rid of finger pointing, malicious speaking. 
Church, God is deeply concerned with how we treat others. He always has been. Through all of Scripture, we see that. I, I couldn't help every time I, I read through that over the last week or two. You know, I, you ever get in a, uh, uh, the comment section on a news article or something? Or just the comment section on Facebook, or Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Boy, what a reminder to be kind, to be reminded that Christ died for us. God is highly invested in people. He deeply cares how we treat others. Our actions and our attitudes directly impact our prayer life. In church, our prayer life deeply affects our actions and our attitudes. And this is exactly where fasting comes in, that we would put aside the things of this world that so easily entangle us, that we would seek first the kingdom of God, that we would be reminded of our dependency upon him for every breath in each and every day. You know, what fasting does is it, it changes our posture of prayer. I, I got a rower about a year ago. Shameful, I've not been on it nearly as much as I should. Um, but the first thing they do is they, they teach you to, to work on your form, to work on your posture. Um, there's different clubs that you can get involved in, and they'll teach you how to row more miles, put in more meters um, based on the strength and power in your form. And there's people that they're going much slower than I am, but they're accomplishing so much greater ground than I do on that rower because they have good form. And fasting changes our form or our posture of prayer. Church, it doesn't make our prayers magical. It's not the missing link that make all of a sudden, oh, my, my prayer's not working. If I fast with my prayer, then it will work. When fasting is done with a godly purpose, it simply aligns our hearts to the Father. It brings our prayers in line with what He is already doing in and through us. Fasting, when, when done with purpose and done with a heart that desires to draw near to God, it can be an incredibly powerful discipline. It helps us to sharpen our axe, right? And grow our prayer lives. Fasting, unlike your daily prayer, your daily reading of your Bibles, it is a spiritual discipline that, that can be more sporadic. Uh, it's a discipline that's used in our lives when there's a specific need, a particular request to the Lord. We're needing that guidance. Fasting should have purpose with it and be done with intention. Fasting reminds us that we don't go through life alone. It refocuses that heart to partner with the God that is with us. You know, David has given us a challenge each week. Uh, week one, we were to find a time to get away and specifically find that time where we could be alone and pray each day. Week two, he said, hey, I want you to prayer walk. And for me, that was just that reminder that we are to pray continuously. As we go, we should be a people of prayer Throughout our day, as things happen, we should be a people of prayer. Week three, Pastor David reminded us that, hey, let's be a people that challenge each other to pray. Find a prayer partner. Husbands, lead your family in it. Pray with your wives. This week, my challenge, just find a time that you can fast this week. Put something aside. It can be food. Uh, it can be something of significance to you but make it something that's important to each and every day of your life. 
fast from that, whatever it is, with the sole focus of prayer, seeking the Lord, and being reminded of your dependency upon Him. Some ideas for you. If you're thinking, I don't know, Corey, I've never done this. You can fast as a family. Skip a meal. Creatively use that money. However you would, whatever you would have spent on dinner, as a family, find a way that you can bless someone else as a family. Go meet a need. As you skip that meal, pray together and ask God, God, you've provided this. We have this. Who, can, who needs this? Where can we go provide for someone else's need? Individually, fast a meal, two meals, fast for a 24-hour period, fast from social media for a week, fast from TV, from video games, whatever it is, any math method of fasting that you choose, do so with the intention of spending that extra time with the Lord and focusing on your relationship with Him. However you choose to fast, but do so with purpose. Pray that God will do something bigger than you ever expected in and through your life. Can I pray for you? Father, I... God, I pray that you would help us to know you more through the discipline of fasting. God, I pray that you would be made great in our midst. God, I pray that you would do incredible things through the life of this church. God, as we turn from that heart that is so easily entangled in the things of this world, God, a heart that so longs to be self-sufficient, but God, I pray that that longing would turn to dependency. God, I pray that longing for a dependent heart would be in our lives each and every day, each and every morning. God, I pray that you would remind us of our dependency upon you from the first footstep that we make out of our beds to the last footstep before we lay our heads to bed. God, I pray that you would forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from unrighteousness, for my brothers and sisters, for the people in this room who feel dry in their relationship with you. God, I pray that you would pour that never ending water into their wells. God, I pray that you would direct us, that we would know others, that we would have the opportunity to intercede on their behalf of things that you need to do in and through their lives. God, I pray we wouldn't miss those opportunities. God, I pray that you would remind us where we need to meet those needs. God, remind us where you have already provided for us a way to meet the needs of others. Show us those things. God, I pray for the life of this church. God, I pray that Northside would be a people of prayer. And God, because of the way we pray, God, not because we're anything special, but God, because we live dependent upon you, that you would change our community, that we would be that beacon of light that you spoke of in Isaiah. Remind us each day to be a people of prayer. God, as we go, wherever we go, God, I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.